<laughs> the synchronicity is still with us. <laughs> Welcome to the Plan and Story podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm your host, Carmen Tyra, and we're broadcasting here in the beautiful Moakma Ohlone Bay Area, also known as San Jose. And this podcast is meant to inspire maybe a little bit of community, creativity, a moment to just pause and continue the storytelling tradition so that we can also reflect on all these things that are happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And so happy to have you here to be sitting with another being and have it be yourself. Want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, I'm Haley Carterman. What do I say? Founder of San Jose Day, community advocate, um, yoga lover, animal parent, all the things, so many things. That is great. <laughs> and started with why we're here, because you are so many things, um, but specifically it just felt right to have you here to reflect on San Jose Day. Um, I've been in a little mini series just trying to catch up. I had the aspirations to launch Plan and Story, like a whole catalog of things leading up to April 20th. And so I could have like a consistent backlog. Here we are. That did not happen. <laughs> so I'm catching up now. Um, went all the way back to March 25th, and now we've reached April 8th. Maybe um, we could talk about April 7th. I had a, a wild <laughs> April 7th also. Um, I did recap that one in the last episode. Um, I went to um, Culture Night Market at Seven Trees. I went to this Catalyze SV um at the exhibit in japantown uh they did like a walkthrough of housing and i went to makla's uh latinx opening for their auction which just happened so mm. that was my april 7th <laughs> let's start there with you I, I can only imagine the day before a really big event yes. a lot happened yes i feel like I'm looking back at my pictures right now to help like recount what april 7th was all about and we went, I went to the plaza early that day around, I think like nine to start chalking out the space. And here's a photo from above. We measured and chalked out every single space, which was a total of 60, 60. And it was a really cloudy day. That day it was very eerie. And I think like I had my nerves and I was excited and I feel like April 7, I enjoyed the presence of others much more because I felt like a little bit more calm. Like it was like the calm before the storm. Mm -hmm. And then that night we set up the gallery the night before and we were, you know, like waiting for artists to bring their stuff. So it was like very chaotic. And here I have a photo of George being Mr. Curator on the computer calling folks like where's your artwork <laughs> and just you know doing last minute computer things but the the day before when we set up the gallery like was such a sweet moment for me to be surrounded by a lot of people that have that I've been in the community with since since kind of the beginning for me since like local color 
since the first local color in the Ross location on First Street, it was like Jimmy Fonseca, Alex, uh, Mary, George, like uh, Eric, like just a bunch of of homies coming together to hang art and everybody was like contributing different things. And I was just like, wow, like the energy was like so special and nostalgic. And I really just enjoyed like being in the presence of others. That's great. Yeah. And any other, this is a a non-linear reflection. So did you want to go back any further in time? And leading up to San Jose Day, maybe you talked a lot about, if you haven't already, uh, check out Ailey's most recent podcast with Daniel Garcia and Content Magazine, because you go all the way back to the beginning. So maybe not (laughs) all the way back there. I learned so much about your childhood and just more of like other things you've told me previously. Um, But anything leading up to San Jose Day that you also want to give any mention to or I guess um, maybe what was that deciding factor to bring it back and yeah, the the day one conception of San Jose Day 5? Yeah, so bringing it back, so I had not been working for like eight months, something like that, and it had started to feel like more freedom and creativity within myself that I was like, yeah, I think like I have the steam to do this again. I think previously it was, it really came down to how much capacity I had to plan a big event like that. And also just being a little bit nervous about like, you know, like judgment or people not accepting the event for what it is or, you know, stuff like that kind of would get in my way. But you know, for years, like since the pandemic, since 2020 happened, everything was just like in hibernation. And a lot of people would ask me like, you know, when are you bringing it back? You got to bring it back. Like all this, like, it's pressure. And I just kind of always would just like bury my head in the sand and just like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, having that time off from working and like being in San Jose, like separating myself, like really just like refilled my cup and you know when I started like doing consulting and independent contract work for myself I was like feeling really good about my own creative flow in my professional world so yeah so I just was like yeah I'm like excited to to take this on again and and then coming back to San Jose just made kind of like after being away for some time, not a long time, but for some time, it did make me like really like miss and love San Jose again coming back. So I just feel like everything was just like it all happened in the right timing. That is great. And on the day, my first sighting of you was in your Blundstone, your <laughs> clip- clipboard, and your walkie talkie saddled on you. And my pepper spray. Oh. We love it. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. Where do you typically source your pepper spray? Amazon. Amazon. Okay, okay. Um, It's really random, but like Staples or either Office Depot or Staples, maybe they both do have it in their little checkout thing. Okay, good to know. CVS. Because my Amazon one broke. 
So I need another one. I haven't been walking around without a weapon and it feels a little scary when I don't have my dog with me. <laughs> um, just to relieve any suspense, did you need to use your pepper spray on Santa's No, no but I had a lot of interesting encounters because I had it out. Like several people came up to me and they were like, why do you have your pepper spray on you? I'm like, why don't you? Like I always have it on me at all times. <laughs> then I'm out in public. Like you never know when when you'll need it. So anyway, you were equipped. You were ready. You with all the things. With all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and how did the day kick off for you once you landed at School of Arts and Culture? What was kind of the first thing for anyone who hasn't organized an event before and is like inspired by what you did? Like, what did the start of the day? of that role look like for you well i didn't get a lot of sleep that night we stayed at the plaza setting up the gallery until about 11 30 and then i went home you know tried to make myself some dinner finish any last minute computer things and then really just like enjoy myself before the next day i had the jitters so i woke up really early that day um, had to take care of my dog, do all the things in the morning before we go. And I picked up donuts and I got there early before I was even allowed to go in. And I just kind of was like, like just sitting in my truck, anxiously waiting for their events to have to get there. And when I got there, I just like got to work immediately. Like I felt like, yeah, time was of the essence. And I had like so many spaces that I needed to chalk out and like get things. I don't like to dilly dally. I just like want to just get going so the sooner we can get done the like the more I could be calm and like I really wanted people to like for the vendors when they get there to have everything ready so I wasn't getting ambushed with like tons of questions or confusion anything like that so so then as time goes on I'm like okay vendor windows between setup is between 9 a.m and 11 a.m and I'm like it's 9 a.m it's 901. Like, where's everyone? Like, that's, that's so me. And so, you know, people, people were late. And so the first out, I think the first hour of the event, there were a couple people that were late, people were not showing up. And that caused like a lot of stress for me, because there were some pretty essential people that needed to be there that weren't there. And um, we did have some vendors not show up. So those things like, just you know things happen and so it was kind of just like got to like figure out what are we going to do moving some people adding some people like we had like one guy come last minute he's just like I want to I want to bend here I'm just like all right did you bring a tent or like he's just like yep I'm like all right well great (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to bend and I know how (laughs) yeah Yeah, so I mean you know kudos to them because they came prepared and like Like, that's one way to do it, I guess. Don't recommend. No. Don't, don't recommend. do that. I feel like if you are going to, like, crash an event, like... At least be prepared. So, yeah, I got to give it to the guy for that. But in the future, yeah, please don't do that. Innovation. The city of innovation. So, so yeah. So, the first, like, hour of the event, I found myself feeling very frustrated. But then eventually I just, like, just had to keep, like checking myself regulating just like today is not the day to let these like small things really get to me because what's important is that everything runs successfully so I'm just going to focus on like solutions solutions and just like I could be a little bit uptight 
sometimes when things are not like going the way that I have planned them to go. So it just really is a moment for me to like have a little bit more control and balance like inside my brain. Yeah. That is important practice and I can relate. I had a totally like weird experience in being a support role in in San Jose Day. So my perspective of it was like hyper hyper levels of engagement. Like after looking at all the tracking, like I had I logged over or close to 500 transactions. So that's like every single one of those was literally a, like a ticket exchange. So if you came and got a drink ticket and supported uh narrative fermentation or foxtail fermentation, I was your ticket provider. <laughs> Thank you for your kindness and your patience and stopping by. But that day guiltily, you know, you read the the vendor load in time. And if you're close enough, you're like, okay, well, that's going to be the hour that I'm loading my car <laughs> and then with the intention of getting there right in the middle. So admittedly did that for, <laughs> for our situation, um, which again, um, working with local color, if you came and made a button, thank you. Um, I was not at that table though, um, but did be, was a part of the effort. My car was a part of the effort of getting that set up. And then it was like, um, a volunteer is here. (laughs) They need help and what to do. Um, less volunteers than we expected. Yeah. And it was just like nonstop focus, make sure everything runs smoothly from there. Yes. That was like basically (laughs) me the whole entire time. And yeah, to the, to the volunteer, part like volunteerism is was like a tough thing like a lot of our volunteers dropped out and and then they didn't follow like the protocols that were like set and so just like the throughout the whole entire event I just kept on thinking like next year this needs to be different this needs to be different like when you're experiencing what you planned firsthand at least for me the first thing that comes up is like I'm just thinking solutions, like, how can I make this better next time? So, so yeah, volunteers is tough because I feel like, you know, they're really essential to community events and community programming, but it's tough because it's like, it's all at their own will and they're volunteering their time. They're not getting paid. And so like, how do you create a volunteer program that's like robust and like people want to be a part of it? They want to contribute like diverse skills from like physical labor to kind of like administrative and like being able to like in a perfect world, I think about myself as a volunteer and I feel like I'm more intuitive. I'm down for physical labor and I have a lot of experience in like admin. And so I like to bring all of those skills to the table as a volunteer to really help as much as I can. So if there we could just copy a bunch of me's like that would be great but but not every volunteer is that way so it's just kind of like a balance of like understanding like who are your volunteers and how best to highlight the skills that they have so all that being said like i would like to develop a more just a better relationship with volunteers in the future years but also like pay people to do the roles that we were asking volunteers to do yeah and once you're paying someone, even if it's just like a small stipend, I feel like it's not volunteering. It's not that full level of like altruism. And I think what got me into volunteering was a little bit of social anxiety, but like being 
in a space having a role it's like okay well i'm here for a reason Mm -hmm. and there's like a structured flow of like interacting with people and then it was just fun and it's like okay well now my shift's over and i can just like have a couple hours to like be here floating around Mm -hmm. and like have fun so there if you are just someone who's looking to like plug in your skill here's a really cool annual time also look around you at all the other volunteers calls that are out there and here here is your calling (laughs) know how appreciated being a volunteer is like a really awesome opportunity to gain skills and build a network and i don't really like recall what my first entry to volunteerism was but during the pandemic remember like when we were at local color we like were starting to like get more into volunteerism and i started volunteering with sacred heart and and like different organizations and so you meet people from different sectors like volunteering with Vegilution, Valley Verde, uh, Sacred Heart, like all of those people have connections, the people that work there, and then the people that volunteer there, you know, come from all types of places, like tech companies, non-tech companies, families, like you meet a bunch of people. And so I will always look at it in that way. It's like an opportunity for me to make deeper connections. And then it's like, if you're somebody that's like highly community oriented, like you're doing it because you want to help community, but then also like it builds your rapport in the community as well. So I just feel like it's like a win, win in every direction. Like, yeah, you have to sacrifice a couple hours of your time, but I think it's like so worth it for everything that you get out of it. Absolutely. Was there any encounters at San Jose Day that really shocked you, but like left a good seed also after the event? Literally so many, like, I saw people I went to elementary school with, middle school, high school, like college. Like I literally saw so many people that I've crossed paths with in so many different capacities. And like, that was dope to see people that I grew up with that for one, didn't even realize that, that this was my thing. And then that they're there. It's like, you're dope because you're here. <laughs> like, which tells me that like you, you're, you're into the San Jose community at some level that you heard about this event and then you showed up. And then on top of that, like, you know, we grew up together. So like something about that is like, is awesome. Cause I'm like, where I came from, they came from somewhere similar, you know, and then we're still here. And uh, another like random thing, like one of the guys that I work with, he works in finance, brought his brother who was a preschool teacher or first grade teacher who was one of my mentor, Alina Yin's first grade teacher and it was just like and I was like this is San Jose right here literally I work with you your brother (laughs) my mentor we're all connected in some way you know and it was just like lots of moments like that like just I think the most special things that I felt were from experiences with people like seeing the people that showed up because it it did feel like it's not about me it's about it's about everything of the event, right? You're supporting the artists, you're coming to see the vendors. It's about supporting San Jose, but also like I do appreciate people's presence being there. So when any of my friends come through or like mentors that I haven't seen in a long time, just like show up and people like surprise me. I'm like, that stuff like means a lot to me, you know? Yep. Gotta be there. And when you show up, it, it does, it has that ripple effect. Like it really does. It totally does. 
um that put my mind on a tangent of like that is totally san jose like that six degrees of separation (laughs) and like that thought turned to like six to nine degrees of separation and is there some kind of crazy math formula that we can take six nine nine and divide that up (laughs) into (laughs) another day like i don't know Oh my god, you're talking about the new area code? Yeah, because oh. that's San Jose. San Jose is so big. There's so <laughs> many intersecting, overlapping connections that they had to make a whole other area code. It's so funny how something as simple as an area code can be so symbolic because like, like I can't lie that there have been a couple people that I come across that have the new area code. I'm just like, <laughs> like oh, you're not from San Jose, you know? Or maybe they got a new number. Just kidding. Yeah, there's those folks, those really sad folks that are out there. They're like, but I am. (laughs) But it's like they want 408, you know? It's like, it's it's just numbers, but... But it is like, I feel like it is a part of like San Jose's identity is to rep like the 408. It's part of San Jose's identity to rep the sharks, like all of those things to rep like a certain building in San Jose or a certain street. Like, I love that. I love that because it makes makes us unique, but I feel like it's kind of like that everywhere you go, you know? Yeah, there's landmarks in language, in geography, mm-hmm. in, in numerology. I don't know. Maybe someone out there is down to, to make the 699 day happen because we do need to embrace... We're like, how would that even work? <laughs> Six and then nine, It could be... Nine. What's... Is June 3rd too soon after yes. 408? Okay. <laughs> um, it could be like backwards numbers. Is is six times nine 81? No. I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to thinking about like the six degrees of separation, I don't fully know that whole idea and like what the word six and degrees of separation means, but it makes me think about the web of network that like I described with like my coworker, his brother, my mentor, and think about that on the whole entire scale of the event. And then, then, so think about every person that's there knows another person that may be there or maybe a part of the show or they have their own web and there's all these like connections. And then think about the energy that's brought through that individual and those connections and to me, that is single-handedly, like, what makes San Jose Day and the fifth annual specifically very special. Because I feel like the energy was, like, really, it just was, like, orange. Like, that's how it felt to me. Just, like, this, like, very, like, harmonious, soft, sun, warm, like, just, like, good it just was good and I then when I think about like how that happened it's like literally every single person that stepped into the space contributed to the programming from the artists the art show the curators the curators especially because it was like all of us pouring our creativity into a project and then with creativity comes that network so it it just all funnels down to the people and the energy that they brought into the space or into the programming Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Every single one of you. <laughs> like, really, thank you. It would, it, it would not be what it was if all of those people weren't a part of it. 
I feel like I felt so like full after that event and then also just like very tired at the so same time. Yeah, <laughs> cuz it was tired. so much. Yeah, it was just some, you know, the in Super Mario, we have to like blow up the balloon. Like I felt like that little mini game <laughs> and like yes. I just popped in my little confetti which is like floating on cloud nine for a really long time <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm still feeling pretty like energetically recharged from san jose day like it it holds like the fifth year holds a very like special positive and fulfilling space in my heart right now like after the event during the event up leading up to the event like so many things have been happening since november to april when all of the planning was happening like i started a new job i was doing my yoga teacher certification and planning san jose day all at the same time which is like like the most like Haley has ever operated ever and yes i'm so freaking proud of myself for the amount of things that was on my plate that i managed like all the things um so san jose day is over the next day i'm just like no like closing off it's crazy how like being an event producer like even my time with local color like anytime there was an event it's like after the day after we don't talk to each other i need some <laughs> space i need time i need silence like it's crazy how much it really does take from you and i feel like it took me like a month where i kind of was just like i don't want to talk about it i don't want to think about it i just need like a lot of space and not because it was a negative experience just because it was like a really full experience mm -hmm. where it was like charging but also depleting at the same time like that day i clocked fucking like five miles worth of steps just in the plaza going <laughs> back and forth like so just on the level of my feet yes. <laughs> and then think about like the mental energy that it took to go into all of that like it's a lot yes i <laughs> I felt that. I also felt like after that event, because of working it, I like realized once the event was over, once the last band had played, that was like, oh, snap, like I'm I missed it. Like, I feel like that's why I have I, I really wanted you to be here, too, because I wanted to get your perspective. You were also like hella working it, but you were working it on all angles, which forced you to move around the event. So I'm grateful for you and your five miles of steps that you <laughs> saw the the rotation around the sun um that oh, was literally <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i missed the event too and that just like is what what comes with being an event producer and running an event like you don't really get to in, to enjoy the event the same way everybody else does and so the experience is different and like i mentioned before like i was viewing everything from like a logistics standpoint like from down from like the flow of people the movement of people to like just like all the things and the day went by so fast it was like six months of planning six hours of programming and then boom it's done like and then you're like okay it's done i don't even what the fuck like <laughs> it's over like okay and i wish that i i would love to be able to experience the event more where i could like sit down and like chop it up with people or like you know just shop around i didn't get to shop for you know the vendors which was really sad for me because mm -hmm. like we get to go through the application process where we look at all the vendors mm -hmm. and i literally got so excited like to see all the vendors that were there but didn't have a moment to stop to really like 
shop and the lowrider section that was outside the La Plaza in the parking lot with the food trucks. Like, the energy out there was different than the energy inside. And every time I went out there, it was like, man, I, I like wish I could hang out more. But it was like, just quick, go check on everything out there, make sure everything's cool. And then like, got to go back inside. The clones, the clones are teleportation. One of one of those, please. <laughs> so during the event, I had run into um, like just a guy that I've known in the community for a long time. He kind of was around during like the early local color days and he's a photographer now. And he came up to me and he was just like, dude, this is dope. Like, like next time you got to like have people to manage like certain areas. And I was like, wow, genius. Yes, because I was literally, that's why I clocked five five miles, because I was walking so much, like, next time having a, a person designated to an area to, like, hold it down there, hold it down there, so you can kind of, like, not spread yourself so thin, you know, and have to, like, go back and forth. Yep. And the next uh, kind of recording that I'm doing is, is Viva Calle, and they have those, like, adopt an intersection, and I feel like, like, Seeing those events on these scales, like knowing the fundraising efforts that you put into San Jose Day and like the the resources versus the result versus like all the logistics that resources fund. Mm -hmm. It's like a big arc. Like you attending that event, you would not know the the level of of resource that you're working with. Honestly, it's it's it doesn't show itself a lot of that has to do with the school of arts and culture who are wonderful and, yeah. and subsidize support to and provide the team and the venue and the location mm-hmm. to really help encapsulate everything For sure. but so much um was done with a really tiny tribe and mm-hmm. one really epic Haley that was very <laughs> determined <laughs> to get this done um so yes thanks on well, <laughs> one of the, the great things that I've learned from my work at Local Color is that everything is scalable. So, you know, working at Local Color, doing mural work, it was like you, working with artists, like everybody has to be flexible, you know, like because the value and the resources available is going to be different for every project, for every situation. So I'm grateful that I have that experience to like learn how to actually like make things scalable. And so I, my goal was 50,000. We didn't make it to 50,000, not even close, but that's okay. Like, you know, and, and like when I would chat with, with staff at, at School of Arts and Culture, like, I want to pay the performers this much. And they're like, wow, okay, chill. <laughs> like, that's crazy for the amount of time that you're putting. But I'm like, but to me, I'm like, I'm trying to like, elevate them and pay them what I I genuinely put in numbers that I felt like they deserve you know these are like big bands like market rate numbers exactly I mean not even but exactly local market rate right so think about uh, Miss Hits for example how many band members they have like somewhere between five and seven and then they're sharing the budget that they got it's like I want to elevate them so that each of them walk away like feeling fulfilled you know and like then a larger budget can support their group succeed even further because the more funds they have the more things that they could do and like um invest in themselves so that was the goal behind fifty thousand dollars um and yeah the school of arts and culture at the mexican heritage plaza like 
they worked with me as much as they could, you know, like offering subsidies. And then when things were, when I realized like things were tighter than they were, like I had, I thought that it was going to be doable to bring in more money. But then as we got closer and things were getting down to the wire and I was like fucking stressing out, like I didn't even want to let them know that I was like stressing for money. But then I, you know, I, I let them know and they're like, no worries. Like let's, let's work it out. So the facility costs definitely is like one of the bigger costs out of everything. But I think like it just is so justifiable for mm-hmm. everything that they provide and they do. Like they 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 have their event captains, which are not necessarily like staff for the event, but support for the facility. But then like the stage and the audio, they had a stage manager, like several people on deck to manage all of the sound to manage the artists coming up like that is so valuable and if i was to go do this event anywhere else it it would be so much more than that you know like so i didn't mind paying the money because it was just all worth it and they deserve it and i think me also having the lens of working in nonprofit and understanding just like how all of that works i i felt okay about paying the money forward because it's like I get it you know Mm -hmm. we've all been there when you're trying to do something grand but you got to work with less you know and then they're being nice by reducing the cost so that the community event can be successful so it's like we all got to kind of like work together to find the right balance you know yeah and I believe that all should be truly all inclusive in that community buy-in as well If you can't volunteer your time, volunteer a dollar, like literally a dollar goes as far as a dollar can take you. And that that stacks up. That makes it. Everybody contributed one dollar that came to the event, that would have been nearly eight thousand dollars. So that's something that I've been thinking about like since the event has passed. Like I really have always had this philosophy about San Jose Day that it should always be free to the public to enjoy because because those are the best types of the events you know where you could just show up bring your family whoever it's free um but i just yeah i just like i feel a little bit like mixed about asking the community to pay to enjoy something like this because i i feel like for the importance of a cultural event like this should really be put on i don't know the city of San Jose, corporations that take space in our community, like others, not us. Like we're, we're, you know, let's just, let's just generalize and say we're the middle class. The middle class is just trying to enjoy their community, trying to express themselves through creativity, to see each other in the community, do fun, family, safe things. Like why should we have to pay even more than we already are to just exist here than to pay to go and enjoy a community event? Like you know absolutely understand the ethics of that <clears throat> and it's the the daily challenge that we face and yeah. especially and it's really in front of our faces here in the silicon valley yeah sure. there is so much i feel like i need to make a second podcast that is <laughs> the, the anti-capitalist club i'm sure that exists out there oh. i will i will find y'all <laughs> i feel like it's like literally like all of us experience it like I, I, the just like the older i get and the more developed i become in like my career and you know living on my own for as long as it's been like it's tough you know and then i just feel like 
like more recently in the last two years, I'm just like starting to see capitalism more clearly. And like during the pandemic, I went down this like weird rabbit hole, like watching all of these videos and documentaries about North Korea and China and all these like, you know, dictatorship places and the things that happen there and would think like, wow, this is so fucked up. Like, what the fuck? Like, it would make me sick. I'd have nightmares about it. Like, wouldn't, was not able to stop thinking about it. But then, like, the more I start, you know, all the crazy stuff that's been happening is just, like, the true colors of the United States and the government and our system, like, it shows without even really knowing what's going on because we don't really know. Like, there's so many things that we don't know. So the amount of, big amount of things that we see, imagine how much more there is that we don't know. So anyway, I I just like, I get frustrated at how I feel like all of our lives are meant to just make money. And it's just a revolving door of that all the time. And the people that suffer the most is the middle class, because it's most of us like, like, you, if you just did a random, like asking survey, like how many people are living paycheck to paycheck, like, I think even regardless of what like income status they had, I think it would be like, the majority of us, you know, and I feel like it is that way on purpose because because I don't really feel like our system wants all of us to succeed or because I feel like overwhelming majority of people want to move away from the man. They don't want to pay taxes. When they get older, it's like the idea is like the the way I could avoid paying taxes, that's what I'm trying to do. Like Regardless of who you speak to, whether it's an old person, you know, middle age, you know, young people, I'm not sure. Maybe I haven't had those conversations. I think but. that's more of an education thing of how to not pay taxes um, in terms of like that knowledge of uh, wasn't wasn't likely intentionally not passed down. Of course not. Of course not. Did you learn about learning anything about like taxes and how to make things work for you in school? No, no. Part of no, like what's lighting my fire right now is that I'm starting school again. I got uh, nominated for the Harvard School of Business Young American Leaders Program. Yeah. Okay. The readings have been very contemporary and depressing. (laughs) And it's all about um, (laughs) the effects of capitalism on city structures and the generational effects of of capitalism Mm -hmm. and it's like really just boiling it down to that in the same ways that like you're seeing and and experiencing that Mm -hmm. and it's it's just if anything it's validating and um like you're saying creating these moments where people come together and the day isn't about that like san jose day is about so much more than moving the dollar around that definitely happens there but it's not the first thing you do when you get there because it's free when you come in um you have this gorgeous gallery and like hundreds of artists to see there's people that are there of course and and if you have the ability you're going to want to support them and then there's free music there was like the most epic multi-artist lineup like for six hours And free Topo Chico's corporation stepping up, providing hospitality to the community. Like amazing. Such a great example of what can happen. And um one of the readings, that's why 
with your pepper spray at the beginning of this um i offered some suggestions it was about um amazon when it was moving it put out this um kind of a request for qualifications for cities to host them because they used to be in seattle and that was their main hub and then now they have two on the east coast i I need to look in i just read this like yesterday so i need to look in to see like what it looks like today um but they were being offered like these huge tax breaks and and subsidies for the corporation and how it's just yeah the antithesis of like thinking that that money will find its way just on its own and like through altruism and like if it's difficult for the everyday person to you know take time to volunteer then let's put that responsibility on these corporations to like to like determine where those funds go and where does the responsibility come from it it comes from there is no well there is like no factor that's like you have to do this we have a democratic system <laughs> still <laughs> which is the the slight difference here is that i don't know i guess well that part of me of like when democracy is working <laughs> it can do things but for it to be working it takes particip- participation and for people to more than just a handful of people to believe like if there was a hundred percent votership i think America would be a different place. I don't know what it'll take for us to get there, but I truly believe that, like, in these moments, like a San Jose Day, that that, like, multiplied that kind of, like, show of community care and just, like, general well-living. Like, if that, if these people were the ones determining how the world is, I think the world would be, could be a better place. Okay. Yes, I did get chills when you were just saying that because it made me think about like we got together this year to vote together, right? With a small group of people and we we were looking stuff up, we were talking, we some of us even disagreed with each other, but it was all good, right? And I, that was awesome because I feel like I needed that support going through the voter process because I didn't feel confident to do it on my own. And then recently we both attended the School of Arts and Cultures um La Avenida. Uh yeah, La La Avenida project where they 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 bought real estate and how they hope to transform that real estate into community resources, creativity, expression, space for Mayfair Eastside um community and like that was such an is- inspiring experience for me because like I'm from Eastside but I didn't like grow up like going to those areas but now as an adult going back to Eastside and experiencing it like just like this is such an amazing resource and it's such an amazing organization hosting this like it's exactly what we need but but the point I'm making here is that togetherness I feel like they have been hustling and they're doing it with lots of people behind them and so you know what is it going to take to get people to really vote and I feel like our small group of us getting together or what is it going to take for things to change I feel like it is togetherness but the difficult thing with togetherness especially when it comes to politics because politics is tied to people's identity and you know I feel like these days people have like such a difficult time accepting others who are different but so I feel like if we can continue to like cultivate that within our community like 
the more the better, you know? So maybe we should do that again next whenever we vote. And, you know, and, and so these experiences with many others have kind of like inspired me in the last couple of days to think about like, how can San Jose Day be more than San Jose Day? And how could it be a catalyst for something bigger for San Jose? Because like this project with the School of Arts and Culture, like it's to me, I see that as it's a preservation of our culture, just like San Jose Day. Like so many fucking things are changing in San Jose that we don't necessarily have control over, but I feel like it's because we don't know. Because we don't know, because their processes keep us from knowing, mm-hmm. and or maybe it's difficult to navigate. So it just made me think, like, can, should we start, like, a collective that does things, like, or could we, like, bring more collectives together to, like, because the more people you have backed on something, pushing something, they know somebody, again, bringing it back to the network. Yep. Like, if we take our energy, our skills, our networks, and bring that together for the greater good, like, I feel like we really could accomplish anything, but I think for that to be possible, like, the intention needs to be clear, the space needs to be safe, and people should be able to express themselves and their ideals, and that be okay, even if you don't agree. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just as a whole country, like, we need to get on that page, like, was thinking about that today when I was driving, like randomly. It was like, why, why is everybody so mad about what other people are doing? And like, why can't everyone just live their life and be okay with that? Like, there's so much space and land and outlets for expression in the United States, but like, why is there such a divide? Why does one person or a group of people want to rule everything? And it's like the history of humans, like, that's what it's been. Yeah. Like, why? I don't understand why. don't know, but please vote. (laughs) (laughs) Please vote because uh, Florida is a scary, scary place right now. And folks are putting their names out there to be United States next president. And so that that. is the next election. I saw that. That, I'm scared. That's next year. So if you're not already registered to vote. 2024, November, right? (laughs) She grabs her phone. Let me check. Okay, well, don't quote me on that, but... But yeah, lots of scary things are happening and things happen underneath the scenes that we don't necessarily know about. So, you know, just, I guess, like, just encourage whoever's listening and each other to just, like, band together with others, maybe like-minded, but just with no attachment that we all need to agree on everything. Um, Yeah, for just awareness. And yeah, that that lobbying body, maybe it, it comes to be with, like, this is the momentum there just there is a different energy and I really felt it in that day and it it just had me refocus and I feel like that was part of the reason why I just like wanted to put a pause on recording and the podcast because like part of it part of my motivation was like a capital gain like of um you know being on a fixed income working for a nonprofit, which i'm fortunate to have the stability uh but that also comes with the sacrifice of making a below market income and um also just living here in the silicon valley and in san jose and being a single individual doing that and so but then i was like ah no like i don't want it to just be about that like. but of course that's where your mind went because we we grew up in a capitalist society yes. it's ingrained in us 
to take every single thing, even if it's something creative, and turn it into making money because we have no other choice. Because you have no other choice than to make those decisions because if you don't, then you can't survive. Yeah. Like, it's so shitty. It's just like a revolving door that fucks itself. Like, <laughs> instead of a revolving door, I would love it to just like be some sort of balance scale. And so that's, that's what I'm working on <laughs> right now. This is some, this has been great and really fun. Carmen for president <laughs> 2024. Just put her name on the ballot. <laughs> no, I'm too young. I'm too young. But uh, yeah, the next one, though. <laughs> okay, we'll now you know. Still put her name down, though, so we get to be familiar. Um, C-A-R-M-A-N. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um yeah it yeah over the cups overflowing like with this kind of gumption and i believe in anything because i saw this transpire before my eyes and um you know that night or the next morning in your weeks of recouping what were some of your thoughts about i guess your power or anything what were some of your thoughts I think the thing that stands out to me the most is like what I mentioned earlier is like the energy and just the energy that was there was so real but like unreal real you know like I felt it very much like physically spiritually and I think it's it's a combination of of me just like you know reconnecting with my spirituality and like but also like just the people that were a part of it, everything always comes down to the people. And I'm starting to re-realize that more and more. And um, just the power of working with others. I think that's been a difficult thing for me with San Jose Day because it's, it's more than just a project. It's also like a very like personal and passionate project for me. So I have a very specific vision, but yeah, just like that also made the event super successful. It was like being able to lean on others and bringing in the right others and the right others that have good intentions and are all creatively unique in their own way. And so that unique formula of individuals pouring their creativity and energy into a project like made it exactly what it was. So that's my takeaway. I know I already said that, but it, that energy has really been like sustaining me since then like the connections that were made like I got close with a lot of people from that project and just like I feel like I haven't been as creative as I maybe once was at one time and so I feel like this experience really like recharged my creativity in in an old way but it was also a new way because I feel like I was dormant also for some mm -hmm. time. So it kind of was a an affirmation for me that like creativity comes through in many different ways as well. So it's not just about, you know, photography or painting or what you can do with your hands, but also like what you could do with your mind, your voice, your spreadsheets, <laughs> um, and also like the curation of people curating is a creativity in itself. So yeah, just a very recharging experience. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that it happened, that we're here, that we look back on it. Thank you for looking back on it with me. Yes, thank you. Uh, 2024, is it too soon to no, ask? It's not too soon to ask. Maybe if you asked me that like four weeks ago, I would have said, Carmen, don't talk to me. But 
2024, that would be the sixth annual San Jose Day. It's for sure happening. And I feel scared saying that. So please don't hold me to it if something happens and I don't do it. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Because things can change. But I feel pretty confidently at this time that I want to do it. And I just, I believe in myself and my ability to accomplish things right now. I very much am living that experience. And then also, like when we had our recap dinner with all of the curators and people that played a role in making San Jose Day happen, like that dinner was like so inspiring for me because I was like sitting at a table with, with, I don't even know how many people, 10 people. Let's just say it was 10. Yeah, it was a good. It was like maybe 10 or 12 or something like that. But I was just like, wow, like these are all people that I like fucking love and admire in San Jose. And like, they're rocking with me with San Jose Day, like, and I'm rocking with them. And literally everybody was just like, so dope. This next year we need to do this. And it was just like, okay, like these people want it. They're down to help. And I feel safe with these people. And that's a big thing too, is that like, I feel safe to curate with those people and that I got their back, they got my back. So yes, 2024. I think it's going to happen. I don't know exactly where. I think hopefully at the Mexican Heritage Plaza because I definitely have lots of ideas on how to improve the flow and utilize that space to a next higher level of potential. And, you know, maybe having more programming that expands outside of what we've been doing. Like this year, we really wanted to have dance performances and it just didn't, it didn't end up working out. Like we put a call to call to creatives out and we only got one dance application and it was like an individual um so in the future yeah i would like would love to to explore more modes of creativity well that is very exciting i am rooting for it it's also very much you know what this podcast is about there's the plan of course and then there's life all in between that and then Whatever happens, uh, may we be fortunate enough to tell a story and have that story be told. So thank you to everyone who stopped in to listen. We hope to see you next year and next time. And just out and about loving life here in the Bay. Yes. Thank you. That was a mouthful. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 